What's up, guys? It's your new host here, Garth Archer. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be taking over this uh, podcast now for Cody Wilson. Uh, Steve will not be in this week, so it's just going to be your new host. I wanted to try something out this week and do a whole new podcast. We got brand new intro music and everything, and we're going to be talking about Roman Reigns, Dakota Kai, and Selena Vega, Vince McMahon's latest edict. Uh, we will not be doing the Clash of Champions review. That will be next week because I want to do that with Steve because I want to get his thoughts and uh, opinions on everything thing so we're just gonna be doing some news stories and then i'll be answering some questions that have been posted on social media so that'll be all fun all that more and it's gonna be archer's pick of the week here on the podcast Hey, Cody, thanks for that awesome intro. So, what's up, guys? My name is Garth Archer. Uh, yeah, it is a new co- or new host here on the podcast, and I can't wait to, you know, d- give all my opinions, all my thoughts, all my praise for different people and different things. So, it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so this week, it's just going to be me. I want to try this out by myself because I'm a new host and everything. Um, so obviously big news, the draft coming back. Uh, it's been a year since the draft happened. It's going to be very interesting on how everything goes and shakes up. It doesn't look like NXT will be a part of it. Uh, unfortunately, because I think some main roster people should go back down to NXT and build their characters or get more characters and whatnot. Um, that's a real shame because, you know, who doesn't like raw underground and wants those characters to get over? (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, it, it'd probably be good for Pat McAfee as well. That's also something that's going to be staying around. I've heard what Cody's been saying about Pat McAfee, and I agree. Pat McAfee's nothing but a punter. But we're going on to the news. Roman Reigns on why he formed an alliance with Paul Heyman. So Roman Reigns was on After the Bell, the podcast for WWE, and he discussed his rationale for forming the alliance with Paul Heyman. He wanted to work with Paul Heyman for a while. It was an opportunity to be able to connect a lot of dots. For me to know I wanted to go down this route, I felt like I needed something, not just show up and look different or talk different. I wanted a whole new presentation, and we're going to continue to gradually do that. But I thought, what better way than to align myself with essentially a high-powered attorney? I guess you could call Paul Heyman a high-powered attorney. There's nothing wrong with that. If you took the top athlete in the world and mixed them with a mafia boss character, that's who I am. The mob boss who will go out there and do the hit himself. But you gotta have someone that's doing the dot in the I's and crossing the T's for you. You gotta have somebody that understands the ins and outs and can add that new layer to the character and the personality. It's been really cool working with Paul. Now, here's the thing. 
Roman Reigns working with Paul Heyman has been something that should have happened, in my opinion, WrestleMania 31. That's when it should have happened. At WrestleMania 31, Brock Lesnar should have lost to Roman Reigns with the help of Paul Heyman, and it would have been just awesome. But the fact that they went with Seth Rollins with the cash-in was even pretty cooler. I will say that. But it is what it is, and then they should have done it at 33 or 34, when, 34 when they fought again. That didn't happen. So what do we do from there? You know, Brock's contract came up, which was fine. He can go away. He was getting 10 mil a year. Screw that. No one needs to go through that. Um, Roman Reigns, on top of it, you know, just needed to do something. He he went away. He was gone through pretty much the whole pandemic so far and came back SummerSlam and then just has overran SmackDown with the promos, the way he's been acting, the character, everything. And it's been super over and it's been awesome. So with that being said, I don't know. It is, it's, it's an interesting alliance at this point because Paul Heyman, to me, Paul Heyman doesn't need to be there. That's what it looks like because Paul Heyman's barely doing anything. He's just making Roman look good, making, you know, Roman look like he says the mafia boss. But the problem is, is that how can you be a mafia boss when the mafia boss himself isn't doing anything? That's who Heyman is. He's, he's, he was always a mafia boss pretty much. I mean, good for Roman, you know, wanting to do something. I don't, I don't blame him at all. It was something that he wanted to do. It made sense. Um, yeah, you know, it, granted SmackDown has gotten a little bit better since the whole thing. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. It, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, just thankfully, Roman Reigns does not have a Twitter or a Twitch account that's getting taken over by Vince McMahon, which leads into our next story. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm for the Kayfabe Report. Hey, if you guys haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's a creation tool that's sweet that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership whatsoever. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I use it all the time here on the Cave Fair Report. It's been a great, helpful tool and a great host for the podcast. And I love the sponsorship every week. If you'd like to use Anchor.fm, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started today. That is the Anchor app at Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. Or go to anchor.fm on your browser. Now, to the show. Uh, Dakota Kai and Selena Vega weigh in on the Twitch situation from WWE. So, I'm going to cover this in the last two news stories, the whole thing. WWE, WWE wrestlers are not WWE employees. They're individual contractors. This has been a whole debate for the last... Since the entirety of professional wrestling of the WWE... Or sports entertainment, I should say. Jesse Ventura was going to unionize the wrestlers. Hogan ratted them out. Vince made Hogan a star. Then, you know, the whole... 
WCW competition happened, nobody was really caring about it. Then once all that died, you now have 90 wrestlers on the free market. <laughs> Where are you going to go? You you go to WWE or you work the indies and make no money. That was what it was. So now, people are really starting to look into what this individual contractors thing means. Well, if you're an individual contractor, you should be able to you know, take control of all the stuff that you do outside of the WWE. But the way the WWE works, they have all their, you know, their characters uh, trademarked and called for. They they own the name Dominic Mysterio. Like, really? I know Mysterio is not his real last name, but still. It's the fact that you now have this kid's identity, what he is, who he is. And that's not how it should be. Now, if you make the name, that's one thing. Because Rey Mysterio is Rey Mysterio, regardless of where you go, who you go, no matter what. Dominic Mysterio is his son. It's always going to be Dominic Mysterio. Aaliyah Mysterio. Angie Mysterio. What are you going to do? I mean, he owns Cena's name. He, he, I don't know what he did for Punk. Because Punk owned that name way ahead of time. Um, Dean Ambrose, before he left, he wrote his contract out so that whenever they do another Shield thing, that merch money comes to him. He gets his merch money. He now has the right to say, hey, you guys are doing something about that? I want my money. Fine, go do it. That's fine. I have no issue with that either. So you have Paige, you have Selena Vega, who has her YouTube and everything. Dakota Kai has her Twitch as well. Um, I haven't seen any of their Twitches yet, which is a different thing. But the whole thing is, is that uh, right now WWE wants to take control of those Twitch accounts and the Twitter accounts and the TikTok accounts and the Cameo accounts so that they can't make extra money off of their WWE name, which to a point I understand if they were WWE employees, they're independent contractors, they work for themselves under a WWE banner. So it's a little bit different. Now... Dakota Kai says she's starting up Twitch again on her. This is what she tweeted. Uh, purely for three reasons to have fun as a gamer, communicate with all, all of us during a difficult year and to give as much possible back to different charities. And she said, thank you for all the continued support. Selena Vega replies to Paige's tweet, which was, and help people, including me, get introduced to what is now my favorite platform filled with positive, like-minded, and amazing people just looking to have fun during hard times in the world. It's where people support each other and grow together. A family, always grateful to you. And Selena Vega replied with, and host charities for people and animals in need. Yesterday, we raised enough money for someone to get their cat surgery that they needed to survive. We love what we build and worked hard for. Okay. That's cool. It's it's cool to use your persona or your character to get on a platform and help raise awareness for things or help raise money for different people, for different charities to get through a very difficult year. I have nothing against that at all. I think that is great. But 
Vince needs to get off his damn high horse and just let them, you know, yes, hey, that's Selena Vega. She doesn't need to use the Selena Vega name, but people know that Selena Vega. Let her do her, you know. He won't even let him use their real names. Won't you let him use a different name? He, like, because he owns the likeness. That's BS, too. You can't own a person. That's that's slavery with extra steps. It's just, it's completely ridiculous. And within four weeks' time, he wants either control of all the accounts or he wants them gone. So, either way, Vince McMahon is either going to become a pimp or he's not going to get anything out of it. It's completely ridiculous, and I think that there's no reason for Vince McMahon to have this much control over a person. If you want that much control, hire them. Give them health insurance. Give them a 401k. Give them benefits. Give them this, that, and the other thing. You are a publicly traded company worth over $2 billion goddamn dollars. That $4 million furlough that you guys did was a Fucking drop in the bucket for everything you guys have. But you did it to make your black line fucking mean that much more, which is even more bullshit. <coughs> the problem is, is that it is a publicly traded company. If it wasn't a publicly traded company, there would be a whole lot of different things going on right now. Guaranteed. Vince McMahon sold his own stocks to start up the XFL with a different company. Triple H has sold his stocks. Part of his stocks, I should say. The WWE is such in such a fine position with the public in the publicly traded eye that they don't see the need to keep wrestlers around or to keep different people around. Now, granted, with the pandemic going on, I understand that people were going to lose their jobs. I understand that cameraman, camera crew, stage crew, you know, people for live events and everything was going on, and they lost their jobs. And I understand that. That happens. That's going to happen. Because, obviously, WWE isn't touring now, there have been reports that WWE want to, you know, tour again. I'm not going to speculate on that because it's not concrete evidence that they're, they're going to do it. There's, there have been rumors. So that's the one thing on this podcast we will never do is go by rumors. I, I, Cody hates it. I hate it. You know, I don't think it is a, you know, a very possible thing for Vince to do, especially with the shareholders. If he does it, he, you know, he's either doing it to make the shareholders happy, which, fine, I understand that, but at the same time, Vince needs to, like, really grasp the reality of everything and take his time with everything that's going on. Now, the edict that came out from Vince McMahon himself... Just a friendly reminder, this is quote from Vince McMahon. Just a friendly reminder that this Friday, October 2nd, which was, as of this recording a couple days ago, is the deadline for serving any unauthorized business relationships with third parties. TikTok, Twitch, Cameo, all that crap. 
As was mentioned in my September 3rd message, continued violations beyond this deadline will result in fines and many result and may result in suspension or termination. If you need further details, please contact our EVP of operations, Brad Blum. Thank you, Vince. Now, for those of you who don't, don't know acronyms, EVP is the Executive Vice President of Operations. He is a very... I've heard Brad speak a few times on the uh, shareholders' calls. He is a very... Um, well-spoken man knows what he needs to say to different shareholders knows what he needs to say for different questions it is a very he's a very articulate man and it's very interesting to see how he you know tries to spin everything it's really cool honestly i think it's 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 a really cool way to see how people can spin things into their light of things uh, it was also noted that a message came through to many performance center trainees, so people that aren't even in NXT but training in the performance center from higher ups in the company, asking the trainees to shut down or make their cameo pages unbookable. It was mentioned in that message that details would be coming soon about a WWE cameo partnership that would reopen them. So now, WWE wants to partner with cameo. That makes sense to a point. WWE tries to partner up with a bunch of different uh, tech companies to keep their brand out alive. Good on them. But let the wrestlers handle that. Let the wrestlers, you know, they're the ones who are making this up for themselves. You don't need to have that partnership. You don't need to be making money off of this, Vince. Let the wrestlers make money off of it. Let them, you know, because they're not getting money from live shows. They're not getting money from merch sales at this point. You know, it is a very hard pill to swallow for Vince McMahon to not want money. <laughs> Honestly, he has enough of it. He has more than enough of it. He can't use it because he's a freaking robot and an android and works 20 hours out of the day on top of working out, on top of trying to, you know, eat right. He is a... He is a very, very complex man, and I don't know how the hell he works with only four hours of sleep a day. Makes no sense, but it is what it is. Another message came into the WWE talent that re-inquired, letting them know that WWE has finalized an agreement to keep wrestlers on Cameo and instructed the performers how to opt into the partnership, noting that the payments will now be required to go through WWE. So, there you go. They partnered up with Cameo, tried to get some money out of it because, you know, why why aren't we making money out of it? Because it's our likeness, our name, our creation. That's BS. That's complete BS. That's complete. The creation came from the wrestlers themselves. You gave them the guidelines of promos or character building or something to that nature. And they had to make it work. If they couldn't make it work then that person doesn't know how to build a character or know how to build a storyline or can't act, which is starting to be the case with most of these people. You tell them what to do, and it doesn't freaking work at all. Because they don't feel it. They don't feel like this is what their character would do. You need to have these wrestlers talk to different writers or talk to Vince himself, goddammit. Even Ambrose... When he was leaving, 
had talked to Vince and said, hey, I don't think this is what my character would do. Oh, but this is so you. This is such you. This is such good shit. No, it wasn't. It made Dean look like an idiot. It was stupid from the get-go. The fact that he turned heel on Seth the night that Roman announced that he had cancer and then decided to be this, like, germaphobic, belittling towns type of person, that wasn't him. He was a badass. He wanted to be a badass. He is what he is now in AEW. Granted, I think it's, you know, a little stale and a little stupid, but that's what he wanted to do in WWE. And I think with the WWE umbrella and the WWE creative behind him, it could have been so much better. But it is, at this point, they want to make the money. The, The company wants to make the money off of the wrestlers, which makes no sense. And I don't know how this business practice still continues to go on. It doesn't make any sense. It, you know, it, with Vince, it, it is what it is. He, ugh. he's just so trapped in his own mind, it's not even funny. Speaking of trapped, WWE moving the WrestleMania 37 location, possibly. Uh, they have tentative plans to move the WrestleMania 37 from SoFi Stadium in England, California, to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Now... That makes sense because, and also the Raymond James Stadium is the uh, Citrus Bowl for those of you who are keeping track on stadium names. Uh, oh no, that's Miami. Tampa would have been no. The Raymond James Stadium in Tampa is the Buccaneers, where the Buccaneers play. So, uh, it was reported by Inside the Ropes that WWE has plans in place for WrestleMania 37 to be held at the original location for 36. Uh, before the COVID pandemic forced the event to move to the Performance Center. The news was originally reported by Ringside News earlier this summer. Uh, 37 was previously announced for Inglewood with the WrestleMania Hollywood name. There's no word yet on why the location is being changed, but word is that WWE has locked down most of the buildings in the Tampa Bay area for potential events to take place during 37 weekend. WrestleMania 37 is scheduled to take place on March 28, 21. Stay tuned for more updates. So... If WWE keeps this whole pandemic down, I can see 37 changing from, because this is, this has all been true that he's staying in Florida because of the fact that the super PAC that went to Florida through his wife and Trump and all the money that got funneled into that to make wrestling essential, which in turn, ironically, made AEW essential. Way to go, Vince. It's just, it is what it is. I, with the COVID thing going on, I can see why, you know, WWE is looking to change to a different, at least an outdoor venue. California is not doing anything right now, and I don't think they will end the spring of 21. Right now, Florida is letting all their sports be essential in outdoor arenas or indoor arenas with the visual, you know, audience and everything. 
but it is what it is. You know, I can't, I can't do more than just be angry at some of these sports athletes, you know, wanting to, my, WWE is one thing because like we talked about, or like they've talked about on the podcast beforehand, before I came on, um, it's one thing for an NBA, a football player, a baseball player to say, you know what, I'm going to sit home for a year, let this whole pandemic thing slide by, you know, I'm going to take my base salary and just take that for the 16 weeks and be done with it, which is fine because most, most athletes on average are making 20, 30 grand a week on those base salaries. WWE wrestlers are making on average two to three grand a week on those base salaries. They get the extras from merch and the live event attendance and, you know, for their royalties for the video game and everything. But it is, but with all that, they still on their base salary only get two to three thousand dollars a week on their contract. And it gets a little bit ridiculous to the point where right now, sure, it makes sense that they can stay home because they're not traveling. They're not paying for their own airplanes. They're not paying for their own cars. They're not paying for this. They're not paying for that. Where the WWE should be paying for everything, my opinion. Like the NFL pays for all the team's travels or the, the team's cap salary or not the cap salary, like the team's budget has it in for their travels and everything. But the NFL helps pay for it because it's like, well, you know, there are teams. We got to, you know, make sure that they get from place to place safely. Same thing with MLB, same thing with NHL, same thing with FIFA, same thing with, you know, American soccer. It It's all the same. It's all unionized and they all make a buttload of money on it just on the base salary alone. You're telling me that you wouldn't want, like, 20 grand a week for only working 16 weeks and you're good for a whole year. Yeah. I, I'm, I sign my ass up without a shadow of a doubt. Sign me up. Oh my God. Also about owning things. Like I said earlier, Dominic, uh, changed his name to Dominic Mysterio or quote-unquote changes in Dominic Mysterio. He's always Dominic Mysterio. He's been Dominic Mysterio since, you know, six years old at SummerSlam 2005. But he was being interviewed by Chris Van... What was it? Chris Van Villet? Villet? To talk all things pro wrestling, including whether he'll wear a mask in honor of his father and general thoughts on the SummerSlam debut. Here are some of the highlights from the interview. Uh, there's still a chance he may wear a mask. There's still talks about it, so we would like to eventually go into the tradition of Lucha Libre, which would be putting on a putting a mask on me and taking the name. But I think that's all down the line in the future, but now everyone knows my face and what I look like and the idea of wearing a mask to hide your identity, to be able to go out to places and stuff like that. But I think I could find a unique way of bringing the mask into my character. Possibly changing his name to Prince Mysterio. Uh, my long goal for my name would be Prince Mysterio for me since Ray in Spanish is King. So for my character to be Prince Mysterio, but I know we'll see where it goes, but I don't know if we'll see where it goes. 
um, if there was a plan when he started training. We didn't have a set plan. This is Dominic talking, by the way. Dominic said we didn't have a set plan. We just knew that the end goal would be eventually signed to be WWE, be in the WWE. I never had any intention of it happening so fast, you know. The opportunity presented itself, but yeah, the idea was to get some independent work, start building my name a little bit, eventually make it down to WWE, start training at the PC, but everything just happened so fast, you know, and they gave me the ball and so I started running with it. Um, so, SummerSlam was literally his first match, ever. And he's had practice matches with Lance and other students at Storms, but first official match was at SummerSlam. So, how cool is that that Dominic, his his very first match was on the pay-per-view. Like, his very first pro anything on the pay-per-view. Good for him. He did a fantastic job, honestly. It It is just... it. The thing is, though, if for them to change it to Prince Mysterio, I would be okay with that. It makes sense. It, logically, it makes sense. Because he is the prince to Rey. And in Spanish, Rey does mean king. And if you watch Rey Mysterio's documentary, the original design on the masks was a crown. Rey turned it into a cross because he's a very re- religious man. And he says there's only one king. Which, you know, all the more power to him. Doing all that, you know, mindless bullshit. But the fact that Dominic wants to be named Prince makes perfect sense, logically. They can totally do it at, like, WrestleMania and be like, look, Ray, I want, or Dad, I wanted to beat you at WrestleMania for the mask. I wanted to be a mask, I wanted to be a mask match. And if I win, I take your mask and I wear it. You know, be like the respect thing like Lucha Libre does for all that type of stuff. Um, you know, it is what it is. Again, it, I would love to see Dominic take his father's role. Honestly, I think Dominic could be a very good asset to WWE. I think Dominic could tell very good stories. The only problem I have with this whole mysterious family relationship on WWE television right now is that it's weird for the sake of being weird. Um... You know, Murphy's 32 years of age. Aaliyah's 19. She's of age of consent. There's nothing wrong with that. But it kind of borderlines that area of, you know, still talking to a young kid. You, 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 and somebody just came back to NXT who was doing allegedly all that and came back and, you know... I mean, good for good for them to come back, and if they saw nothing wrong with it, you know, hands clean in this situation. People can be mad at that all they want, but it is what it is. Speaking of things that are, you know, coming out and people that got fired for shit, uh, Jack Gallagher breaks his silence on his hashtag speaking out allegations following his WWE release. Uh, he took a statement on the Twitter today as- addressing the hashtag speakout allegations made against him over the summer, which in turn got him released from his contract. He was se- accused of sexually assaulting a woman at a New Year's Eve party in 2014, something he partially blames on his intake of alcohol on the evening. Now, you can't blame any intake of alcohol or any amount of alcohol consumed 
But at the same time, shit happens. If he got ex- extremely oblivious drunk, what what can you really do, honestly? He had no control of his actions. Uh, it was made in June 2020 as part of the Speak Out movement. Uh, he was released from his contract. He didn't realize a statement... He didn't release a statement then because he didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. He's taking time to process what happened and would like to respond. (sighs) Sorry for being so tired. You know, I got so excited. I stayed up all night for my first real hosting job on a podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, 2014, he he met a young woman at a New Year's Eve party and her behavior towards her was inappropriate. So he admits he was wrong. And it, the party was six years ago. Had he drank quite a lot, or a large amount of alcohol that night? He does not recall anything that happened, so he blacked out. He wishes to make it clear that drinking is not an excuse for my behavior that night. Like I said, uh, I want to express my deepest regrets, and I am genuinely sorry for the upset that I have caused. Following the allegations, I had proactively contacted the head of talent relations to take responsibility for my actions as I was aware that the woman who made the allegations and I had both attended the same New Year's Eve party. I was informed that this would be a breach of the company ethics policy and this is what led to my release from the contract with WWE. This isolated incident is not reflective of my behavior and attitude towards women. Women, as a man, I know I could do better and with the support of my wife. So he's married. I bet she has a kid or two. He's taken the time over the last few months to understand what I can do. But this is not about me, but about the women that came forward as part of the Speak Out movement. I will continue to support women in this movement to the best of my ability. Now, here's here's the thing about the whole Speak Out movement. And this is where I'm probably going to get the most heat tonight. Or today afternoon, wherever, whenever you guys listen to the podcast. Okay, a woman, a woman speaks out against a drunk dude who doesn't even remember his own name the next day. I'm not saying alcohol is an excuse. I'm not saying getting blacked out drunk is an excuse. I'm saying that he did not take the responsibility of drinking responsibly had no control over his actions, and was inappropriate. He admits he was inappropriate. He remembers that. But he feels so bad about it, and he doesn't think that women should be acted upon like that, which is fine. That's how, you know, most people should think. But the thing about Joey Ryan, this is what gets me. Joey Ryan was portrayed as the dick flip guy. Not only was he flipping men with his dick, but he was flipping women with his dick. And in order to do that, you have to grab his junk. Joey Ryan was a promoter, or still is a promoter. I don't know if he got that taken away from him or not yet, or a booker, I should say. If you are a woman wrestler... And you agreed to the spots, to the match, to the opponent of who you knew you were going to face, which was Joey Ryan. I cannot defend you when you speak out against him for touching 
his dick. Because that was part of the match. Do I think that it was a good idea for you to agree to it? Hell no. Because I think Joey Ryan is a poor excuse for a wrestler. But you agreed to it. You said yes. You took the money. You did what you did to go on to the next day. Then for you to go on and say, he made me touch his dick. Because you said yes. That's why. It's a two-way street. That was not a one-way, hey, we're going to wrestle tonight. You're touching my dick. You're going to get your money. Okay. What? Wrestling is a two-way street. The performers have a two-way trust system. If you trust him, he trusts you. Everything will go smooth. He doesn't expect you, when you grab a hold of his package, to pull, twist like a pinball machine and let go. Because if you do that, then that breaks that trust, and then then he's going to get pissed off and probably take a little bit of liberty with you and might throw a couple potatoes. Same thing with you, though. If he, you know, if you agree to the spot, and the spot was exactly what it was, you can't bitch. But if he pulls onto your tits, and pulls them down, and twists them, or pulls them down and smacks them in the face with, or smacks your face with them, yeah, go ahead, take some liberties, kick him in the dick. Like an unplanned kick dick, or dick kick, just do it. Nothing wrong with that. I don't defend Joey Ryan for what he did. I think what he was doing was stupid. But being a professional wrestler means that you have a trust with another one in order to do the moves or the spots that were called upon during the match. If you had any sinking suspicion or any wrong feeling about touching another man's penis... When you were a wrestler during a spot show at an indie federation, you should have said no. You had the power to say no. Then you wouldn't have been booked. I understand that. But that's the, that's the problem with some of these things these days. You, you, everybody has to be able to have the power to say no if they think it's right. Even if they think it's the wrong thing to do at the moment, even if you know it's the right thing to do, do it. No matter what the situation calls for. I mean, good on Jack for saying that he accepts it, but at the same time, should he have gotten fired? I think a lot of these people should, shouldn't should have gotten fired for something that happened seven, eight years ago. If it happened three months ago, like, you know, the other guy I mentioned, Dream, yeah, he should not be working. But, you know, they did all the allegations they went through everything they got a detective they got an investigator everything and he's back now people are pissed so now he's a heel that's what people are gonna be pissed at that he's back and you know what it's fine i'm glad for jack he's you know admitting everything 
he's going to keep on reflecting onto himself and be a better man. And that's all we can ever ask of people, honestly. Now, on to the questions. <laughs> I just saw something on a West New York indie page. That's funny. Fox get our Bills fans. That's that's actually really good. Now. I uh I went on social media. You can go to at Kfabe Pod or at Kfabe Podcast. Or no, my bad. At Kfabe Report on Twitter and uh, tweet questions. Or you can go on the Kfabe Report group page on Facebook, ask questions. Um, you can also go on the Kfabe Report Discord, ask questions. You can send questions to. Uh, Cody's email at CodyWilson825 at gmail.com. And you know what? We got a couple questions, and I, I'm, I'm actually really glad that we do. At least that's what it looks like. We have a couple questions. We got at least one, and one of them is from the Kfab Report chat, which is good. So, here are the last couple questions that I've seen. Should WWE banned the Mandible Claw due to COVID-19 from Nick Durst on the OWN One Wrestling News page? Uh, thanks, Nick, for your question. Uh, yes, technically. But the fact that they're doing it with a glove, it's probably a new glove every time. Um, I don't think Alexa Bliss has done the Mandible Claw yet. And if she does, she should wear something on her hands. Um, but for for COVID-19 reasons, yeah. I mean, I think anything that has to involve putting hands in mouth type situation definitely should, uh, definitely should uh, not be allowed, in my opinion. Um... And then, good friend of the show, uh, from what I've been told, uh, Jimmy Felucia, uh, his question was, what dream match do you think would have lived up to the hype more? Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan, or Undertaker versus Sting? Now, the real question is, when do we do this? Do we do this at WrestleMania 17, right after the buyout? Or do we do it at 18 where we have a year build to do everything? My opinion, WrestleMania 18 where we have a year build. We could probably do both matches on the same show. You know, you put Sting Taker in the middle of the card. And then you put Austin Hogan at the end of, at the main event. That's the main event. Regardless of who's champion, that's main event. Now, who would have lived up to the hype more? Ugh. You got me there, because it's like, it's either going to be Austin, and Austin has to go over Hogan. 
no matter what. Granted, the next year it would be Austin retiring, but Austin goes over Hogan no matter what. You can make a case for either Sting or Taker going over in that match. You could be the case of the conscience of WCW was just too strong for the conscience of WWE to be overtaken and be defeated. Or, you know, obviously the, you know, the other argument is keep Taker streak going. That's the other argument. It's not, you know, Taker can beat Sting. It's keep the streak going. But at that time, they weren't talking about as, well, I think that was the first mention of the streak is where he was, he's been nine times at WrestleMania, nine times he's won. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's very interesting, uh, to say the least, <sighs> to live up the hype more, you obviously build the hype for a year on each match. Because you can have Hogan come on like the night after WrestleMania 17, which would shock the fucking world. And then say, you know, I want to beat the top guy at the greatest event that I made, that I built, that I put on my back for nine years and carried. Which is Hogan, obviously, saying that. And then... Austin could just, you know, have, like, just constant, like, promo battles, like, every couple months of Hogan, Austin, Hogan, Austin, you know, like, who's the better worker, who's the better wrestler, who's the better entertainer, who's the better, you know, everything, hands down, top to bottom. But the Taker Sting, you you could probably, I don't think you could do that one for a year build. I would love to see a year build between the two of them. Like, Taker playing mind games with Sting, Sting playing mind games with Taker, you know, till they finally culminate at, like, Royal Rumble, where they're both in the ring, and they, you know, just start beating the piss out of each other, and uh, that's another thing you could do at Royal Rumble, have Austin Hogan, Royal Rumble, you know, be like, who's gonna get the number one contendership for the championship, you know, it, it, you could easily do something like that, but I think the hype more... Because I think the Taker-Sting match gets talked about more. So I think that match, I th- I believe, at that time, at 18, if you take WrestleMania 18 Taker, and you take 2002 Sting, both pretty much at their primes, maybe a little past Sting's prime, but it was right getting up there for Taker at his prime. I think that match would hold up more as hype. Because now once you, like, bring in Sting at, like, say, SummerSlam of that year, like, right after 17, or Survivor Series where he actually did debut, like, years later, and then build it from there, I think the hype of that match would be amazing. But, if you did Austin Hogan for a year build... From the night after WrestleMania 17 to the night of 18, I still have to go take your sting because I think it's just, I think that match was more talked about and everybody would just love to see who they think would win. I obviously it'd be a split 50 50. People would want sting, people would want taker. No matter how they look. 
And last but not least, this isn't necessarily a question, but I wanted to bring this up. So, I posted one of them, I posted it on one of the groups, uh, the wrestling groups on Facebook. Or Cody did, I should say, not me. Why don't you do something original? <laughs> well, here's the problem. We are trying to do something original. We're trying to bring in new people for different parts of the podcast, for different podcasts. Uh, we're trying to build characters. We're trying to build things to you know, be an original content for us, for Cody, for Steve, for me, Garth. And you know what? It is what it is. But the th- the thing that everybody has to remember is is that wrestling is can only be so original. Wrestling podcasts can only be so original. People want stuff to just listen to, and if it's from a a real fan who's been watching the product since he was five. I've been watching this for 23 years. I'm a, you know, both me and Cody are wrestling historians. We're trying to do stuff on TikTok. We're trying to do stuff on Twitter. We're trying to build up our social platforms. It takes time. Everything takes time and takes effort. We all appreciate your guys' concerns about being original, about doing different stuff than other podcasts do, and I understand that, and it makes sense. So we're trying. To answer the question, we're trying. We really are trying. And with that, since there's no Steve, since there's no co-host, uh, there's no going to be no F. Mary Kill this week, and we're going to... Just do Archer's shot, you know. It's his match pick of the week. It's his whatever he thinks people should go and watch for the week of wrestling. This week, Archer's shot is the no the Iron Man match from Bragging Rights, the original Bragging Rights. John Cena, Randy Orton, the Falls Count Anywhere, Anything Goes, one hour Iron Man match. It's a good match. It's one of John's best, honestly. Go check it out. Now, like I said, my name is Garth Archer. You guys have a good night, good day, good afternoon, whenever you listen to the podcast. Please share the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please keep on liking the podcast. Click that merch link in the bio. We're going to keep on doing this for as long as we can. And I'm Archer. Garth Archer, that is. Steve will be here next week. We will do the Clash of Champions review. I promise you that. You guys have a wonderful week.